Today we're going to think, boys and girls, and mums and dads and friends, about a great contest that took place in Bible times between God's people on one hand, uh, maybe that could be this side of the room, no offence, and God's enemies on the other hand. And God's enemies seemed really big and mighty and scary, and God's people thought they were going to be defeated by God's enemies. But today's true story from the Bible tells us that God's true king has a surprising win over the biggest enemy of all. Okay, God's true king has a surprising win over the biggest enemy of all. We're going to say that all together out loud. In fact, why don't you stand up and do it, okay? Everyone stand up. You got some action? Okay, yeah. What are we going to do? So it's God's true king. God's true king has a surprising win. Okay, over the biggest enemy of all. Okay, so let's, we're going to say it now, okay? Don't you see, well, and action if you want to as well. So, God's true king has a surprising win over the biggest enemy of all. Well, thank you very much indeed. That's great. It's, we're now going to have our Bible reading. Today's Bible reading is from 1 Samuel 17. Um, we ha- we, it's a really big chapter. So this is most of the chapter. When you go home, have a read of all of it. This is the big points from the passage. Samuel chapter 17. Now the Philistines gathered their forces for war and assembled at Soka in Judah. They pitched camp at Ephes Darmin between Soka and Azekah. Saul and the Israelites assembled and camped in the valley of Elah and drew up their battle line to meet the Philistines. The Philistines occupied one hill and the Israelites another with the valley between them. A champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. His height was six cubits and a span. He had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale armour of bronze weighing 5,000 shekels. On his legs he wore bronze greaves and a bronze javelin was slung on his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod and its iron point weighed 600 shekels. His shield bearer went ahead of him. Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine and are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. If he is able to fight and kill me, we will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. Then the Philistine said, This day I defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing the Philistine's words, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. Jesse's youngest son David went to visit his older brothers who were in the Israelite army. David said to Saul, Let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Saul replied, You are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man, and he has been a warrior from his youth. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armour on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I am not used to them. So he took them off. 
Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in his pouch of his shepherd's bag, and, with his sling in his hand, approached the Philistine. Meanwhile, the Philistine, with his shield-bearer in front of him, kept coming closer to David. He looked David over and saw that he was little more than a boy, glowing with health and handsome, and he despised him. He said to David, Am I a dog, that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. David said to the Philistine, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly towards the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead and he fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. David ran and stood over him. He took hold of the Philistine's sword and drew it from the sheath. After he killed him, he cut off his head with the sword. It had to be a, a kind of a PG-13, you know, the head-cutting off moment. Uh, well done, Sam Gatwald, one of our students, for making that. That's what happens when you have COVID and you can't go to classes and you can make a great animation from the Bible. Um, so what we're going to see today, uh, boys and girls, mums and dads, friends, is, of course, God's true king has a surprising win over the biggest enemy of all. Let's say it all again. Okay, one, two, three... God's true king has a surprising win over the biggest enemy of all. Now, uh, yesterday, uh, my family and the Kosh family from church went down to the Bay area. I don't know if any of you else went down to the Bay, but um, it was really amazing because there was a, um, it was a, a big kind of demonstration by the emergency services um, across um, uh, Cardiff and, uh, and the Vale. And uh, we got to see firefighters and we got to see ambulance men, the St. John's ambulance, police, etc. There's a few uh, uh, members of the team. That's uh, Johnny, Clementine and Owen, all kind of dressing up as RNLI and firefighters. And it was, it was great. And these kind of heroes, and they really are heroes who save people's lives every single day. I don't know if you've ever had to uh, call an ambulance or you've seen a fire, fireman doing their thing. There was big jets of water spraying out. It's amazing all these people who, many of them, do this as a volunteer. They don't get paid to do it. They just want to help people and to serve them. But you know, uh, boys and girls, mums and dads and friends, today we're going to see that Jesus is the greatest of all. We've seen today, today we're looking at a great contest between God's people who felt really small and God's enemies who were really big. And we're going to see that God's true king has a surprising win over the greatest, biggest enemy of all. Let's all say it together doing our actions. Okay, ready? God's true king has a surprising win over the biggest enemy of all. And what we're going to do, really, we're going to just work through that one phrase line by line. So we're going to see God's true king. Now, can anyone tell me who was the first king of Israel? Who was the first king of Israel? Okay, Sam, you shut your hand up. 
Saul. Saul, exactly. Now, Saul had indeed been the king. Now, was he a good king? Was he a good king? No. No, he was not a good king. Was he a brave king? No, he wasn't. He was a bad king. He was a bad king. And there's a time when, when a, a fight needs to take place. And he's hiding under a tree with a bunch of people. Hiding amongst the baggage, we're told later on in one. So like, what are you doing? You're the king. Leave. But he was a bad king. He was a weak king. But in the previous chapter, as we saw on the, on the screen, um, Samuel anointed David as the new king. Now, David was the smallest king. He was also the smallest brother. He was the weakest brother. And he was the youngest. And many people have thought, not David. In fact, uh, I'm sure uh, Jesse, David's father, thought, look, he's loads of sons who could be the king. Not David. But yet, um, the Lord said to Samuel something really, really important. And this is what the Lord said to Samuel. It's in 1 Samuel chapter 16. You can see it on the screen behind me. People look on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. So it might be your outside is a bit small and a bit weak looking, a bit young. But God is really concerned about what's going on inside. Now we mustn't forget that David was the guy who killed a bear and a lion. So he was a yeah, pretty good fighter, but he was still so small and so weak true king and eventually he took over being the king after Saul but you know the Bible isn't really about David it's about David's great 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 times 28 grandson and who's David's great 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 times 28 grandson who knows their name Thank you, Amelia. Very good. It's Jesus. Because the Bible is a bit like a signpost. The first half of the Bible points forward to Jesus. And he was David's great, great, great times 28 grandson. And in fact, one time when Jesus was walking around, and remember, Jesus was great. And he, would, and he helped people and he saved people. He forgave people. One person called out to him. And this is what he, they said. They said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Because they knew that Jesus was God's great, was David's great, great, great times, 28 grandson. And the Bible had promised that one day a great saviour would come, a descendant, a child of David, who would save God's people. He's God's true king. And he has a surprising win. That's our second point. God's true king has a surprising win. Now, when you hear a story you've heard before, sometimes you don't feel so surprised. So I don't know whether you've got favourite stories you read at home. There are some stories we read again and again in our house, and we kind of all know the story, and we all jump when the surprising bit happens, but we kind of know what's coming. I guess lots of you, uh, boys and girls, maybe if you've been in church for a little while, you know the story of David and Goliath, and the surprise isn't there. But it was a very surprising thing, and uh, it was a surprising win. Uh, maybe you can think of some great surprising wins that have happened in, in sport. I think of, um, I think it was about a year ago when Northern Macedonia knocked Italy out of the qualification for the World Cup. I mean, that is hilarious. Someone once said, like, imagine how, how they would have fed against the whole of Macedonia. That's just Northern Macedonia. They've been completely annihilated by all of Macedonia. Northern Macedonia knocked Italy out. Or maybe you can think, I think it was last year when Emma Raducanu, remember her, age 18, won the US Open. An amazing teenager winning an amazing big tournament. Uh, and, uh, and we can think of these kind of things. We normally think that the strongest person is going to win. And the biggest person is going to win. Not Abigail beating the, the great tug-of-war champions. We don't think of that. We never think, you know, we think we need someone really impressive. No offence, Abigail, but you're not as big as you know, some people. You're not, yeah, 
But listen to this. Um, sometimes we need to see things from a different point of view. In God's world, the God's kingdom's a bit upside down. You know, we come to church normally, we're all facing forwards, but I thought let's spin us around a little bit and see you know, things are a bit different sometimes. And in God's kingdom, you want to be great, you want to be tall, you need to be the smallest, the servant of all. Because the fact is, God's enemies were huge. In fact, there was one great, mighty enemy called Goliath. He was an absolutely colossal person. And, uh, and we've got, we, we don't quite have Goliath with us, but we do have Tom Wordley, who's the closest thing we've got. Goliath was three meters tall. Now, Tom is, I think, two meters tall, but three, like, imagine another meter on top of that. That's, that's, um, that's pretty tall, but Tom's the tallest we could get. And, uh, so Goliath was huge. He was really well defended. He had that, um, very, very heavy, uh, coat of armor. You can see that it looks heavy. It is indeed heavy. It's 5,000 shekels of chainmail armor. 5,000 shekels is, um, six, is, is about 60 kilograms. You're about nine stone. Like that's, with just, just the armies wearing on top of him. And then he's got a spear. And the point of the spear, look at that point, a mighty strong point. That is 600 shekels. That's eight kilograms itself. Like bags of sugar there, like right on the tip. And he's going to spear you. Strong. Very strong. And he also, not only was he strong in physical strength, he said some very unkind words, didn't he? He was mocking the people of Israel. Oh, look at him saying, saying all those unkind words. Uh, yeah, he's saying nasty things. And in fact, actually, boys and girls, sometimes it's not the physical strength of someone who's the most scary. It's people who say unkind words to us. And we feel really small when people say unkind things. And Goliath said lots of unkind things. In fact, Saul can hardly think, how on earth are we going to attack and fight Goliath? And, uh, but David goes up to him and says, I'm going to fight him. And said, now we need someone to play the role of David here. So, um, can we have a David? We, now, Johnny, you look, you, well, come on. Yeah, you're basically here. Okay. Actually, in fact, I, um, do you want to come, Daniel? You'll be David. Sorry. And not, yeah, we've had a lot of, uh, uh Duncan's. Good place to sit, though. Now, David, now we need Joe Dealey here, because Joe, Joe, you need to kit out, uh, David. So, you're so, you're not ready for so Saul saw David, on. and he thought, look, you, if you're going to fight Goliath, you need to wear the biggest, best, mightiest armor that well, we can possibly muscle up. So, we've got some right. big fighting okay, so, armor here. So, um, here's the chainmail. Here's the chainmail. It might weigh about nine stones. So, yeah. stick that on, David, okay, just right. to be really here's strong. Because if you're going to attack, Get your hand out. Hand. Right. And this. your shield. Like, you've got to hold that in your other one. Yep, that's wow, nice. Wow, Daniel. Well, yeah. Look at that. Only that's a boy great. called Daniel. That is great. Now, Daniel, does that... <laughs> no. Do you like wearing that? No. No, I think... No. In fact, David didn't like wearing all his arms. So you can take it all off. He says, oh, I can't carry this. His sword's on. It's far too big for me. I can't oh. rely on my armour and my shield. But I've got a, a different plan. So, so now, Daniel, we're going to call you David from now on, which is a much... Well, I like the name David. Um, but Daniel's a nice name as well. So, Daniel, you... David, sorry. You've killed a lion and a bear already uh, today, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah, I thought so. And, and you used, I think, one of these. So, here we go. Um, so, David went and found us. He got his little slingshot and uh, went into, a, into the, the little stream, picked up five stones, got one of them, and he... Um, he sent it to, now in fact, what's going to happen now is that we're going to do this, like you ping it out, and I'm going to send it like, it's going to fly through the air, like this, bang, what's going to happen? Crash, fall, let's see, let's see the dramatic fall, down he goes. Okay, now at this point, um, at this point, you can grab that sword because you're going to need that, um, and just do the business, uh, David, Get, chop off his head, that's fine, just chop it off, straight off, bang. <laughs> thank you very much, thank you Tom, thank you David. Uh, very good. Excellent. Have a seat. Thank you. 
Good work. We've seen it all before. We've heard it many times. But it's really amazing, isn't it? The fact that one little boy with a slingshot and a pebble defeated the mighty Goliath. And I think there might be a bag of Haribo coming to you too. Uh, maybe if you've got it already, David. Good stuff. Um, just before that happened in the Bible, uh, this is what David said. And I'm going to read out Psalm uh, 1 Samuel 17. It's not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, but the battle is the Lord's. Was it David who defeated Goliath? Really? Was it David who did it? No, it wasn't. Who was the person? Who was the one who really defeated Goliath? God. God, thank you, Riley. Yeah, it was God, absolutely, because God's true king has a surprising win. God loves to save, but he often loves to save in a surprising way. You would never have thought that a young boy would take a sling and a stone and defeat a great warrior, a champion like Goliath. You would have never thought that. But do you know what? What's amazing about the Bible is it, is it all points forward to Jesus. And you would have never thought that the way God would save people because of Jesus. And how does Jesus save people? Does he come with a great sword and a great um, spear? Does he come with a great kind of battle cry as a fighter? How does Jesus save? Well, have a look at this. Jesus saves by dying on the cross for us. Isn't that amazing? That is so incredible that it wasn't through a great army or a great tank or a great military might and often we see great you know, battles taking place with lots of strong soldiers but Jesus saves by dying on the cross that's really strange how does that save us we're going to come on to see that in a second but the the, the grown-ups uh, boys and girls while you've been in Sunday school over the last year we've been studying a book called 1 Corinthians and this ties in nicely with the verse in 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 1 verse 18 which says the message of the cross is foolishness to us who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. You know, this cross is how God saves people. He saves people because he died on the cross to take away the sin of all those who would trust in him and say, sorry for living for me, please will you forgive me? And uh, that is because he didn't come to just defeat Goliath, he came to defeat the biggest enemy of all. That's our third point, remember? God's true king Let's all say it again with the actions. God's true king has a surprising win over the biggest enemy of all. Goliath Goliath was a big enemy. He was a scary enemy. He was three meters tall, carrying nine stone worth of armor on and an enormous great big spear and saying horrible words. But you know, the Bible says that there's an even greater enemy do you know one of the really interesting things that it says in the, in the Bible passage describing Goliath? It says that he had scales on him, like armour. It's an interesting word to use the word scales, because we don't normally think of, of people having scales. We think of snakes having scales, don't we? They're the things that have scales on them. And it seems like the person who was writing up the Bible account about Goliath was saying, you know, he's an enemy, but there's an even greater enemy. God's enemy, Satan, and sin that he leads us into. And, uh, and, he, and Satan hates God's people. And he tells lies about Jesus. And he tells lies about uh, God's world. And yet, there was a great promise in the Bible that one day God would send a rescuer to defeat the biggest enemy of all. And um, here's uh, the, the passage in, in uh, Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. And some of you will have heard this verse before. I think you've been doing this in Sunday school as well. The Lord God said to the snake, I will cause hostility for offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head and you'll strike his head. Isn't that really interesting? Where did David defeat the enemy? Was it a dagger through his heart? 
It was a, a strike on the head. Again, it makes us think this is pointing forward to when Jesus would come and uh, defeat Satan by, by destroying him. Now, Satan hasn't been destroyed yet, but he has been defeated. And he was defeated when Jesus died on the cross for us. And that is such good news. What have we seen today, boys and girls? You've listened really, really well. We have seen that God's true king has a surprising win over the greatest, biggest enemy of all. That is really wonderful news. But before we go, we're going to um, go back into our little groups and ask the question, why is it such good news? Why is it such good news that Jesus has won the victory for us?